Welcome to the Fantasy Affair. All right, welcome in, Fantasy Affairians, ladies and gentlemen. How's it going? Uh, Brian Manganero here with you, coming to you with the Fantasy Affairs Fantasy Football Podcast. As always, I'm joined by my killer bees, Brad and Burke. How's it, fellas? Been a been a week since I've been away. What's going on? I know, man. We missed you. We missed you. I had to talk to this fool solo. It was uh, no, it was great though. We had a great time. We're becoming best of friends. The trio is alive and well. Happy to have you back. Cannot wait to get into the topic tonight. For sure, for sure. Brad, how you doing over there, brother? Dude, I'm busy as shit. It is ridiculous. <laughs> and when I say shit, I mean literal shit. So we have a golden retriever that I don't think my daughter's actually picked shit up in like six months. And it's all in a garbage can that she didn't bother putting the lid on. And it's been (laughs) full of water. I walked around the backyard and I was like, what the fuck is happening? (laughs) What is that smell? I spent the last two hours burying dog shit that's how much there was it was absolutely ridiculous <laughs> so that i did that instead of staying in a cabinet but other than that it's good other than that it's new good. new meaning to shoveling shit right that's now. exactly <laughs> right yeah oh man well uh it's awesome it's a great time to get back um i'm officially back on the islands aloha um is here and uh, getting into real life, but we are we are on today with uh, a little mock draft between the three of us um, because we are working hard as the group uh, is working right now uh, doing a fantasy affairs uh, staff mock draft, Superflex tight end premium, and then we're going to be doing instant reactions, initial reactions, talking about it, documenting everything, and going through it. So this is a company wide, whole family staff participating. Um, Berkey, how's it going so far? It's going well, dude. It's going well. Uh, it's like herding cats, but we're going to get them all together. I cannot <laughs> wait to throw that up on the website. 12, 12 people's tough. Everybody's starting their own podcast. It's not the easiest thing to do. It's just not, man. But it is fun as hell, and it's well worth the time. Yeah, especially with all the characters that we have that make up our fantasy affairs uh, staff. Um, all these guys are in it. Um, and we're going to have that article up as soon as it's done and everybody can write their reactions and, and get a real in-depth look at as to how uh, this draft pans out and shakes out. But um, talking all things draft, man, let's let's get into ours. We're going to we're going to go with uh, just the three of us. Uh, the order has been determined. Uh, I get first pick uh, and then Berkey, you are second, correct? Oof. Yeah, let's do this. Berkey, Berkey is second. Brad, you're third. Uh, we're going to interrupt the first round here uh, with me and uh, starting off with, of course, we're Superflex Tight End Premium, as always, as we do here at the Fantasy Affairs Fantasy Football um, show here. Uh, pick one-on-one, Trevor Lawrence. Uh, I, I don't think anyone can get uh, too... Uh, too crazy here. Don't 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 overthink this. Uh, Trevor Lawrence has been the chosen one, uh, been the prospect, the greatest prospect since Peyton Manning, since Andrew Luck. Um, I mean, the, it, it 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 makes sense. This guy's quarterback rate has been over 157 since his first year in Clemson. Um, the kid is is extremely extremely talented. Um, and you know, and what I what I think a lot of like we all know his passing prowess and things, but I think what I love the most about Trevor Lawrence is the sneaky rush side or rushing upside. Um, I think it falls somewhere just below, just below Josh Allen. I think Trevor Lawrence, you can scoot in for about three hundred to four hundred yards 
a year um, and probably three to five touchdowns a year. The kid is mobile and he moves, man. So I think even with uh, ATN and Jamestown in the backfield, I mean, Trevor Lawrence is always a threat to run. Um, and I think that's not talked about as much as it should be, because that is, if, if you're going to have somebody like a Tom Brady, uh, who literally you just have to rely on his passes, you need, you need 40 touchdowns a year. That's a very difficult rate. It's a, it's a tough thing to accomplish. So getting that 300, 400 yards, those extra points per game, um, over the season, uh, I'm all about it for Trevor Lawrence. Any of you guys have any argument over Trevor Lawrence, uh, not picking Trevor Lawrence first or not getting, you're not getting too cute over not, not even close. Not in the least. <laughs> good, good. I mean, Justin Fields is amazing, but, um, uh, you know, and, and Berkey, I don't even know if Justin Fields is going to be your guy at the one. You do know you're playing coy. My guy <laughs> has been my guy for a long time. It's Trey Lance, it's Trey Lance. Cause I love the Kyle Shanahan connection. And I love the profile of the player coming out. Uh, he's, he's young as all get out. Uh, came out as a junior. He only played one game as a junior because they opted out of the season at North Dakota state, but they did give him an exhibition, which was very nice. And I think it proved, worthwhile because now they get to highlight the fact that they had the the number three overall pick uh even though the guy wasn't even recruited as a quarterback for most teams i mean people wanted to play a linebacker people wanted to play a tight end maybe running back uh but let's just break him down real quick in 2019 when he gets the job um they don't know what they got going in and by the end of the first game he's got like four touchdowns uh, and, and then one on the ground, and people are like, holy crap, look what's happening. Now, we played at North Dakota State. We saw Carson Wentz also played there. It is a smaller school. That's where he had to go. That wasn't his choice. It was just other schools wanted him to play, you know, a different position. He says, no, I'm a quarterback. He puts up 27.86 in the, in the air and a 28 touchdowns, puts up another 1,100 on the dot and 14 on the ground. That is one of the most stellar seasons I've seen out of any college quarterback in any position period. And that includes, I think his name's Blaine Gabbert, the kid out of, out of Hawaii <laughs> that when he came out, I was like, this dude is a dog. All right. North Dakota state runs a lot of um, pro style offensive schemes, which I think will help him a lot when he goes to Kyle Shanahan's offense, which is notoriously difficult to grasp. There is a lot going on before the play, but when he gets this kind of toy, I think he's going to absolutely tear it up. I think you've got a Cam Newton with an arm. Uh, Cam Newton's got a cannon, but I think you got Cam Newton with some accuracy. He's got a 65% completion percentage over his career. And in that one exhibition game, uh, he does throw his first pick ever. All right. There was only 149 yards, but he runs for another 143 and two more touchdowns on the ground. And if they're in the red zone, uh, we talk about Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson, Vulture and things. The fact that San Francisco doesn't really have a red zone threat. I think you're going to see a lot of RPOs. I think Debo's going to have a nice year down there in the red zone. But Trey Lance could possibly be the best fantasy football uh, player to come out of this rookie draft. Like he absolutely could be in your super flex leagues. It will be a shorter window. He will not have the same kind of career as Trevor Lawrence. And we play for the long haul and you just don't want to get cute. But I – He's at two for me, and it's frustrating because I've had him right here at two or three for a long time. And now when I look at ADP for DLF or MFL, uh, that's my fantasy league and, and dynasty league football, he's number two across the board for most people. I mean, when, when Kyle Shanahan and company give up a first this year, pick 12, which would have could have been Fields. I mean, they were right there. Pick 12, their first next year, the first of the year after that, a third this year. Granted, that was a freebie because uh, Robert Salah, goes to the Jets, so they get an extra pick. But it's a it's ridiculous what they gave up 
to go get a kid that people didn't think could go this high. His skill set's unbelievable. He's a physical specimen, and he does have weapons. Debo, Kittle, Ayuk, any running back. They do draft Trey Sermon and Elijah Mitchell. They already have Mosert, who's a speed demon. So I don't think that – I think his floor is a top-12 quarterback uh, going forward, and I think his ceiling is number one, and, and I'll settle for anything in, in between as the number two pick in my Superflex tight end premium rookie draft. Uh, dude, I mean, yeah, when you talk about, we've talked about four ceiling always, but Trey Lance has, we've, I think everybody's been in agreement with this, that Trey Lance had the highest ceiling out of all of these quarterbacks for sure. And now you put him in a system with Kyle Shanahan, uh, with, with all of the draft capital, essentially two first round picks for this kid. So, uh, the sky is the, the damn limit. My question is, is he taking over day one? Is he, is it, does he beat out Jimmy G for the job day one? I don't think it matters if he takes it over day one or, or week six or whatever. I think it, cause we play in the long haul, but in my personal opinion, yeah, I think he does. The offense is going to be so hard to grasp and they paid through the nose for this guy. And the two quarterbacks are so different. Uh, we'll get into Mac Jones and Cam Newton a little bit later, but it's the same kind of thing, right? You can't run two offenses at camp. You can't. You got to have the one. You got to train him up. And I think that Jimmy Garoppolo is going to help him a ton. He's a class act. He's pissed, but he is a class act. <laughs> and he will have another job and he will be successful wherever he goes from an NFL aspect. But this is Trey Lance's job to win. It's his job to lose, in my opinion. And so, yeah, week one, I think he, I think he starts. I can't can't disagree with any of uh, any of what you just put there, Brad. Bradley can. Are yeah, Brad? Are you got to be pumped right now that uh, you have the one hundred and two? Uh, Berkey went with Lance. I I am because I I get my QB two much like Eric got his QB two and at Justin Fields at one hundred and three, uh, Superflex uh, league. I'm I'm taking a guy who's been touted since he got recruited by Georgia when he transferred to Ohio State. Uh, he turns around and puts up, uh, you know, 3,200 yards, 41 touchdowns, and only turns the ball over three times. Uh, you know, and he provides you a little bit of a rushing floor, uh, which is really nice because he's not one of those quarterbacks that you need to rely on the rushing floor like a Lamar Jackson to give you a stellar week. Uh, that's just kind of icing on the cake for him. Uh, now, I look at it as a similar situation as what you see in San Francisco, right? You're wondering, okay, well, does Trey Lance usurp Jimmy Garoppolo? Well, does Justin Fields usurp Andy Dalton? Well, let's just think about that, right? As the Bears team, in my eyes, they're a team that is built to win right now. They've got a veteran defense that is stacked They've got veteran wide receiver and Allen Robinson um, and a, a decent offensive line. So they're, they need that spark to get them into the playoffs and to progress. Um, Andy Dalton's not going to do that with the offense that he had last year. He went four and five in the games that he started. That, that's not getting you to the playoffs. Uh, and that's in a team where he's slinging the rock. Right. So, so I'd like, I, I believe Justin Fields beats out Andy Dalton in camp uh, and gets the start in week one. I think he's going to just take the bull by the horns and, and go with it because if anybody's got a chip on his shoulder, to me, it's, it's Justin Fields, right? Getting taken uh, as the fourth quarterback off the board. Uh, Zach Wilson, who had a eh, year 
an eh year, not even a great year, not even a superstar year. Uh, and, and he got picked above him. And then the San Francisco 49ers move up and they take Trey Lance, who has one stellar season, but he's not, he, I don't know that he's proven as a, as a passer yet. Um, and then you got Mac Jones, who obviously wasn't going to, uh, you know, uh, obviously was not going to beat out Justin Fields, but it's, to me, there's, there's no, it's a very similar situation as, as I know Berkey will shake his head as a Davis Mills situation. <laughs> I don't see a, a, a benefit in starting Tyrod Taylor, like these veteran quarterbacks on teams that are going to try to win, aren't going to start those guys because Andy Dalton's not going to let them win. He's not in a, I just don't see it. Bernie, vocalize your face right now. <laughs> I know, right? I wish people do. It's see like it. a <laughs> fart noise. Andy Dalton led the Bengals, the Bengals, to like six playoff appearances. Tyrod Taylor and didn't win a Bills single one of them, right? Did he win one of them? No, because he played for the Bengals. Right. Like, do you and think, you think the Bears gonna are going to win a playoff game? Why would an NFL organization God. start a start a veteran that knows what the hell he's doing? Yeah, you absolutely want to throw the rookie in. He could have a yep. rookie season like Tyrod, like uh, you know. Herbert and he could win what like five games get the hell out of here with that it's shocking it's a shocking take it's a shocking you're take. crazy that that's not even the same comparison the Chargers don't have anywhere near the defense as the Chicago Bears not even close that team is built to win they just need a quarterback not named Mitch Trubisky or Nick Foles well, I got Andy, Andy Dalton. Dalton ain't much no, better. He he might win out that job, but it's it's one we even talked about this on a previous pod. They're the Bears. The Bears do the Chicago no, types of things, man. With the true. Eiffel Tower yeah. and the deep dish pizzas, and they don't know what the hell's going on out there. It's so windy <laughs> that they can't hear the play calls. Okay, so who knows what they're gonna do? Uh, it's it's the surefire three though. And more to your point, talk about chip on his shoulder. He went behind those quarterbacks that you mentioned. Yeah, he went behind you know, Jalen Waddle, Devonta Smith. Uh, no. Come on, you're gonna take. Jalen Waddle or Devonta Smith over this kid? Over a franchise quarterback. Yeah. Yep. So, uh, you know, uh, right. And I think all, I love all of the pictures uh, that come out with, you know, Justin Fields, our picture is so serious every single time. That kid is game time. He is ready to show up and do the opposite of Dwayne Haskins did by saying it vocally. I'm going to show everybody why they're wrong. Ah. Justin Fields is going to show up and grind, and and I, he's taking that job day one. I, I'm I'm all about it. Um, I'm going to stop the madness here. Uh, I want to bring up my pick. Uh, I got the 104. Brad, I'm putting Zach Wilson in your face. I'm taking Zach Wilson right now. Uh, Zach Wilson had a fantastic year uh, at BYU, throwing the ball to Dax Milne. You know, like that's his number one. I mean, I, I get it. BYU, not a you know, not the best competition in the country, but just watch Zach Wilson play football. That kid is, he's as fun to watch. His last year was as fun to watch as Baker Mayfield's last year at Oklahoma. He's just a foot. He's a gamer. He's, he's a guy who likes to get out there make things happen, throw on odd, uh, odd motions with weird arm um, activity. Like he's very, very, he's off put, but the kid is poised, man. He looks just because he looks 12 years old doesn't scare me. I know that scares a shit ton of people out there, but I think that Joe Douglas is building this team correctly from the inside out uh, with that pick Elijah Vera Tucker. We've got him and Mekhi Becton controlling this kid's blind side. Now it gives him time to breathe. Zach Wilson, this is so this is this is a whole nother reason 
I want to bring up about why I'm taking Zach Wilson here at 104 is because the Jets are a unified organization right now. Their GM, their head coach, and their starting quarterback, their franchise quarterback, are all aligned on the same years together. They've got four years to do this thing, and that's it is all Zach Wilson. They've given away everything else, Sam Darnold trade, all of it. They've, they are building with Joe Douglas and Robert Salah with Zach Wilson as the quarterback. And we play the long game, just like Berkey said. I love having four years of a starting quarterback, even though we, with the Jets, Sam Darnold just got shipped off before his last year of his rookie contract, which is almost fucking unheard of, but it's the Jets. I'm taking that security in Zach Wilson behind Elijah Vera Tucker, Mekhi Becton, added the weapons of Elijah Moore, uh, we also got ourselves Corey Davis. Chris Herndon is still the kid sleeping that it could be fantastic because he's never had anybody to, he's never had an offense. He's been under Gase and everybody knows once Gase goes away, the clouds disappear, man. It's bright and sunshiny days for all of these players. So I'm a huge fan of what the Jets are doing and their commitment to Wilson and this system that they're going to run. Uh, is I'm, I'm, I'm in. So that's why I'm taking Zach Wilson at 104. Uh, just to poo-poo on your little Zach Wilson poo-poo, Brad. Well, here's the deal, right? You know he's starting, right? Oh, we're yeah. taking a li- not huge leaps, but we're taking a little bit of a leap with Trey Lance and Justin Fields starting week one. You're taking talent over landing spot, right. essentially. That's that, that yep. is what it is. Um, I love me. I love the fact that, I mean, just I'm glowing a little bit while I'm talking about it because as a Jets fan, this is, hasn't happened in so goddamn long. We have not been unified, like from front office to head coach to guys on the field. So uh, I'm excited. And I think Zach Wilson is, has got a huge ceiling, man. Uh, kids slings the rock. He's out there running around like Fitzpatrick 20, 24 years ago. Well, and you've got a couple of reports out of rookie minicamp. Now, granted, it's rookie minicamp and it's not anything right. crazy that are already coming out positives, right, with his leadership mm-hmm. and things of that nature. He's already talking about his bond that he's creating with Elijah Moore. So these things are starting to show that, hey, you may actually have some some good leadership qualities mm-hmm. and not some of those concerns that started to peak up with his attitude and his rich boy thought and all these different right, things right. that were kind of coming out pre-draft especially so. coming from byu and you know the yeah. whole family so you know but uh Bertie, how do you how do you feel about me going zach wilson here and not the uh not like you thought i was gonna little zigzag i am shocked <laughs> i am shocked i've been googling things since you said his name because now I don't know where I'm going. There's three guys on the board. Do you want to? You, you got anything else to say? No, about that? no, no. no I'm, I, I, that was that is a surprise pick to me. But I, you know, Brad brought it up, and I've just been getting so hyped on, especially the words coming out of, of rookie minicamp with the connection with Elijah Moore and leadership and, and throwing the ball. The ball hasn't hit the ground more than twice, so um, I'm, I'm happy about it. But Burke, you're up now with the five, and I and I know I threw a little tilt in you, so. All right, man, here we go. So there's three guys on the board. I think that they're all well-known, and this is where positional scarcity comes in. So I'm going to strike one of them off, even though he's my favorite of the three. And I know that elite running backs that just have a market that it's just so tough. They're so tough to get. You got to pay through the nose, right? But the position of scarcity at this point is tight end. It's tight end. I am going to take kyle pitts in a tight end premium at the five spot right because i 
there's not another tight end I can get. Wow. People say if you could draft 20, 21-year-old Travis Kelsey, I, I don't even think we're getting that, right? But let's talk about Matt Ryan, the connection he's got there. In 2019, Austin Hooper's the, the tight end. And through 10 weeks, he was tight end one. Now he sat out week 11. I think it was a bye week. And Travis Kelsey put up 30 points, and so he took that job, right? And he only played 13 games. So Austin Hooper in 13 games, he had 97 targets. Ridley is there. Julio is there. 97 targets, 75 catches, 787, and six touchdowns. And that's Austin Hooper. And I love Austin Hooper. I think he's a very solid tight end. But you put Kyle Pitts in that offense, and he's a whole kind of different he's, – he's just a different animal. Uh, in eight games, he had 12 touchdowns for Florida. And Kyle Trask is his quarterback. Uh, and Tony, who's a – Pick 20 overall was in that offense. And, and the year before, Van Jefferson was there, and, and he had 54 receptions to 649. That was in 13 games, right? So in 18, in eight games at age 20, uh, Kyle Pitts just screams that kind of prospect that if you take and miss on, you're going to have tight end five or six every year, and you're going to be upset about that, right? If Najee Harris or Jamar Chase is, is wide receiver five or six, <laughs> You're going to be doing jumping jacks. So I'm going to take Kyle Pitts, the 21. He's 21 now, right? He was 20 on draft day. Now he's 21. This phenom yep. at 6'6", 245, and an offense that doesn't have a running back in my book. They don't play much defense. They throw the most passing attempts every single year. They have a new coach who was the offensive coordinator for the, for the Titans last year. And coming in, uh, Matt Ryan was put on notice, and they went ahead and restructured his deal. So he's there this year and next year. Um, they're going to have a tough time winning games. And I think Kyle, Kyle Pitts is going to just absolutely be the beneficiary of that, that, that terrible defense and all those passing attempts. And one more just bullet in the chamber, Julio Jones may or may not be traded. I don't think they're going to trade him. I think they love him too much. I think he costs too much for somebody to go get him. But that's, that's just going to open up even more. And even if Julio is there in – 13 games, Austin Hooper had 97 targets. You give my tight end 100-plus targets and anywhere close to double-digit touchdowns and a tight end premium, and he's going to put up wide receiver one numbers in a position that other people don't have. And what has – I mean, what has uh, Julio Jones' Achilles heel been his entire, like, fantasy career? Touchdowns. He's not a – yeah, he's not a, a – the red zone threat. Kyle Pitts is the red zone kraken. You put him in the red zone, he's bet he's going to beat anybody. Um, I am I, I knew he wasn't gonna come back to me, but I didn't know we were gonna he go could've. quarterback. I think that's why you did it. He could have. <laughs> he could have. He could have really a tough but... time passing on on oh, the next man. couple guys or Zach Wilson. But no, he's not gonna get past five. I have picked nope. six in a draft that's coming up, and I am freaking out. Because, is, it, uh, is it shaky at the six? Well, like you're not one of sure, our staff man. members, the madman, has pick five. He traded into pick five, and I'm like, dude, okay, it's fine. I'm going to get Harris or Pitts or Chase. It's fine. But I'm like, dude, I want Kyle Pitts bad. So what can I give up to get up to four? And the guy at four is like, I'm taking a quarterback. I'm like, well, shit. <laughs> That's a totally different asking price. Yeah. So. <laughs> Oh, man. Yeah, I, I feel like Pitts is one of those players that, like, everybody it, it wants to get at least one share of. Like, you got to have one share you of want a piece. somewhere. Yep. So, um, I'm actually glad to have him in our rivalry league. But, um, you know, Brad, I'm going to move it on to you. After Pitts has taken four QBs and a tight end, it is on you, man. Pick 106. Yeah, this is this is an odd rookie draft, right? So, now you're looking at, do you want an RB1? Do you want the wide receiver one in the class? 
how do you want to attack this? And for me, I always want to start with a rookie, a running back on a rookie contract. That's how I want to build my team. Um, so I, I'm going to go with Najee Harris running back for the Pittsburgh Steelers a little bit on the older side, right? He's 23 years old, but the guy was a stone cold stud the last two years at Alabama, uh, running 209 carries, uh, for 1224 yards his junior season, 251 carries for 1466 yards in his, in his senior season. Uh, and, and you see his receiving floor rise every year, right? So he goes from four receptions his sophomore season to 27 his junior season to 43 in his senior season he goes to a team that Benny Snell ain't the reason James Connor's gone Anthony McFarlane might take some pass catching or maybe that's kind of the narrative right but there's 280 carries about that between Benny Snell and James Connor just give him a large portion of those, right? You can still get Benny Snell the ball a little bit, maybe near the goal line or short yarded situations because that's more what he's built to do. Uh, but you're looking at Najee Harris to have 230 to 250 carries. Uh, James Conner averaged almost four and a half yards of carry in that offense last year. 4.3, I think, is the magical number for him, right? That Najee Harris is better than James Conner. So you got to think that same offensive line, same offense returning. Najee Harris is going to average a little bit higher than that 4.3 yards per carry. So he's going to have a solid ass top 15 running back season, if not top 12. Uh, the touchdowns are going to be the key, right? Where, where, how is that offense going to work? Uh, what are they going to do in the red zone? Are they going to continue to feed Juju in the red zone as much as they did last year? Or is that ball going to go to Najee now? now inside the five yard line. So, uh, but you can't go wrong. You get the RB one of the class at, at pick number six. I'll, I'll take that in every draft. Yeah. Uh, I mean, especially with, we're going to, how many times, how, what's he looking at? 250 carries. Uh, yeah. One, I think right out, right out of the gate. Yep. Yep. That is, that is invaluable. Like that is just that you can't, if you were going to get that right out of the gate off the rookie on his contract, like that's, that's exactly what you would, what you would hope for. Um, and that is kind of the reason why I am not following Berkey. Go for it. I want yeah, to, I, just, I was so proud Najee. for yeah. Najee. I just want to say a couple of things. Don <laughs> Hendrickson, who is his agent is a brilliant man. Last year, Najee would have been right there in the mix for the top five, right? But over Clyde, over Gibson pre-draft. We, none of them went in the first round. None of them, not even Jonathan Taylor, who is just unbelievable coming out. So he has him go back to college. Not only does he go undefeated and win a title and put up crazy stats, now he goes in the first round to a winning organization, the Steelers, the Steel Curtain. He absolutely fits that. Big Ben is a concern, right? Running back's a rookie, quarterback's best friend, I guess, is what we think. But I, the volume, to his point, is just yeah, it's unreal. It's going to be um, – he can get three yards of carry over 300 touches and get 50, <laughs> 50 targets, which is not enough, and catch half of them and still put up 18 touchdowns. Like, it's totally possible. Exactly. Guys, it guys seems like – one coming up. It seems like his floor is, like, running back 16 just based on volume alone. Like, he's going to yeah. be right there. And he can – Naheem Hines was RB 15. So, you know, like, exactly. that was efficiency. So, just God yeah. forbid Harris is efficient too. Holy crap. Yeah. Then, and then the sky's the limit. Um, yeah, for sure. And you know, uh, Brad, I was, I was, I was getting, uh, getting ready for uh, Najee too, because if you were going to take, uh, go with wide receiver, then I had to zag, but I ended up having to, uh, pull out. I'm, I'm taking, I'm taking my, uh, 
my guy who is not named Devonta Smith. It's Jamar Chase. Uh, 10, uh, what am I, 107 right now? Yeah. Um, 107, Jamar Poor Chase. Guy. Uh, seventh this pick. is, yeah, seventh pick. Um, listen, Jamar Chase, 6'1", 200, 200 pounds uh, right in there as your alpha type wide receiver. This guy has been a stud since high school. Uh, 26 different schools recruited this kid. Um, he is just, he's, he's so exciting to watch because the game of football naturally comes to him. Like he is a natural wide receiver and this kid is just, he's dominant. Um, he obviously had his historical season, uh, putting up seven, 1780 yards, 1780 yards with 84 receptions. That is unheard of. He averaged 21 yards per catch with 20 touchdowns in 2019. Now he did that on the national champion record setting LSU, uh, Joe Burrow led Tigers. So, uh, where does he end up going? Oh, back with Joe Burrow because Joe Burrow got to pick his guy. And I want everybody to mark, mark these words right here. You shouldn't be fading anybody, any of the wide receivers in Cincinnati. And I'll tell you why, because Joe Burrow was on, on pace to have the most pass attempts by any rookie and actually the most pass attempts in any, in, in the NFL. Oh, couldn't get that out. The most pass attempts in the NFL he was on pace for. He had a game with 60. His second game in the NFL, he had 61 pass attempts. He, he is going to come out swinging. And Jamar Chase, he already has the comfortability with. He doesn't need the time in mini camps. He just needs to learn his offense. But Joe Burrow knows exactly what Jamar Chase is going to do, where he's going to be. His favorite look is him. And he's also got all of these other weapons around him. Jamar, this only makes Jamar Chase better because I don't think he draws, um, I don't think he draws serious double coverage in that offense. You can't. You've got Tyler Boyd to deal with. You've got T. Higgins to deal with. You've got Joe Mixon in the backfield. Uh, you know they just brought in Thaddeus Moss. They've got Auden Tate, who's seven hundred and sixty-five feet tall. Like there are so many options for Joe Burrow, and Jamar Chase is his favorite one. Um, I love, I, this is, this is my guy over Devonta Smith. And I know that's a little bit of a shocker to Berkey, uh, who's following me. On this pick, um, I'm taking chase here because he got reunited with his guy and I don't care, uh, that they, their offensive line is going to hold, uh, not going to be fantastic, but Burrow is going to have enough time to throw the ball to Jamar chase. I don't know if he will. I don't know if he will. <laughs> I'll tell you this much. If he has enough time, shit's going to be magical. And uh, situation changed and talent does not. So if the targets are there, the belief is there, all they need is a little bit of time. Uh, I'm a Lions fan. We will go from the worst ranked offensive line to somewhere in the, in the teens, seemingly overnight. It's the exact same people. You just got to get them together, keep them healthy. Uh, they had to have camaraderie. So offensive line is one of the most difficult things for me to project from year to year for time for the quarterback. R rushing game is a lot easier for me. Right, because that's a different scheme, man. That's maulers, but just being able to stand and get attacked without giving up time. So, good pick. Yeah. Am I up? I you got anything, Brad? Oh, yeah. All right, dude. So now it gets now it gets, This is where the draft starts for me at pick eight. We're at pick eight, and I am pumped. <laughs> I am pumped. Like this draft class to me is not deep. Anything past pick fifteen, uh, seventeen, somewhere in there, I'm getting a little iffy. Uh, but the top ten, top nine. Yeah, dude. Yeah, baby. So 
I'm going to go with Travis Etienne and his connection with Trevor Lawrence. Now, James Robinson is still there, right? And I believe in James Robinson. I believe he is solid as all get out, and he deserves to get the carries that he got last year. I think he should have given – they should have given him a nice payday, right? I, I'm not an NFL GM. <laughs> the NFL does not give a damn about undrafted free agents. Like, even Priest Holmes, who was just a monster his whole career, every year is the, the offers he got were slim, and he was always on the outside. He was a monster every year. So, James mm-hmm. Robinson, um, last year, 14 games, had 240 rushing attempts, 60 targets, caught 49 of them. Okay. Travis Etienne came in. They said he was going to be a third down guy. That's hilarious, right? It's only a matter of time before he takes the job. People that have 1,600 yards in college don't come out in the NFL every season. This guy did it in 2018 and in 2019, and his receptions went up each year pretty significantly. In this last season, he only hits 914 in 12 games. That's kind of crappy, right? Trevor missed a couple games. It changes the offense. It changes the scheme, but he has 48 receptions for, for 588 yards, almost 600 yards. So he's proven he can do it on the ground. He's proven he can do it through the air. And mainly the, the man that the organization is built around, kind of like Burrow, it, he wants Travis on the field. So Travis is going to play a significant amount of snaps. And when in doubt, he's going to get the ball. They're, they're gonna, he's going to audible to running plays. He's going to check it down to him. Marvin Jones is a love joy of mine. That guy is awesome, right? It takes time to build chemistry with a guy that wins 50-50 balls. DJ Chark is a, is a freak out there on the football team. It takes time to get those kind of timing routes. And again, he's kind of a 50-50 guy, mainly because the quarterback play was so bad, but we'll see what's up. And LaVisca Chanel is kind of a gadgety kind of guy to me. He's not going to win the route. He's not going to be on time. And so I think Travis is going to be the beneficiary of the inefficiencies of the other players on the offense. His connection with Travis, um, with his name is Travis Etienne. His connection with himself, (laughs) his connection with uh, Trevor Lawrence, and just his ability to win in all aspects on the on the football field and that will translate to the nfl quickly and yeah dude it it's tough but to get him at eight i think i'm gonna be okay and, uh yeah i mean we're, we're talking 108 here this is crazy i feel this this draft for super flex tight end, I feel like Kyle Pitts is what really pushes this draft to like an extreme. Um, and these and these quarterbacks that that came out and got we almost went one two three four in the NFL. So um, yeah, the fact that we're getting guys like Travis Etienne at the what one oh eight, um, amazing. Um, Brad, that puts you on the clock at the nine. I'm loving it. This is my guy. Yep. Yep, I've been number preach- one. Yeah, this is my You're number I've been one. Preaching this guy, man, since the off season, uh, before landing spots, before anything, uh, it was actually before the end of the college football season. I was saying, <laughs> y'all need to be paying attention to this fool because he's good. That's Javonta Williams running back for the Denver Broncos out of the University of North Carolina. This guy is a monster, and he's going to a situation where he's 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 not a lead back right now, but if you just look at the carries that were vacated by Philip Lindsay, that's 118 carries, right? Uh, that's enough workload that if he has with his touchdown upside, he can give you an RB three season this year. He can be a top 36 running back. Not to mention that next year, Melvin Gordon going on his age 30 season is not under contract with the Denver Broncos anymore. The Denver Broncos moved up to make this pick. 
he is the future of that backfield starting next year uh, in the year 2022. So to get that type of talent who's going to be the bell cow back on first, second, third down, whether it is running or passing downs, because he is an excellent pass blocker and pass catcher as well. That's a steal at 109. That's an absolute steal at 109. Uh, so Javonta Williams, running back Denver Broncos, that's my pick at 109. Doesn't it feel like you almost get a little bit of that discount because it's not he's the 1B to the 1A of Melvin Gordon uh, for this year, and then, you know, the gates open up next year? Well, uh, and he's that, that little bit of – yeah, and he's yeah, a high-quality handcuff, too, right? Melvin Gordon, he gets banged up. He doesn't miss a lot of games, but he gets banged up quite often. When they have somebody like a Javonta Williams, they may be more willing to let Melvin Gordon rest a game, right? So I, I see a situation where it's just upside at 109. It just is. You're getting somebody who... I think could be the best running back in this class when you look three or four years down the road. I like it. Uh, I'm a fan. Javante Williams is that is just that electric bowling ball that is you put a fucking charge in him and he just rips down the field and takes everything with him. Um, I can't wait to see some of his highlights, um, especially in an offense like Denver where they've got so many freaking weapons, man, but they don't have a quarterback that can, that can actually get them the ball. So, you know, uh, quarterback's best friend who's an, who's an inaccurate quarterback is, is a running back uh, that can run the ball. Berkey, you do not look enthused Teddy, Teddy Bridgewater is a Bronco, right? He Teddy is. Bridgewater had three wide receivers have 1,000 all-purpose yards last season. Teddy yes, Bridgewater is a monster. The weapons will be fine. Do you want Teddy in fantasy? No. Is he your quarterback that can <laughs> get the guy the ball? Yeah. you want Andy Dalton in fantasy? No. Did you want A.J. Green? Yeah. Would you want Allen Robinson? Yeah. Right? He's going to get the playmakers the ball. Um, one more point, though, is Melvin Gordon will be 29 come season start. The last running back not named Melvin Gordon that was relevant at 29, uh, it was a while ago. It was a while ago. So, psh- yeah, if it's not today, it will sure shit be tomorrow for Javonta Williams. Yep. Right. Yeah, and I, I love that you get that little bit of a discount. Um, coming back to me at the 110, uh, I Just get have, spicy. I have the pleasure, though, because I get to pick my guy again. After I got Chase, I get Devonta Smith. I get to take uh, my, you know, he honestly is my 1B right behind uh, Jamar Chase. Jamar just lining up with Burrow pushed it over, but um, – uh, listen, Devonta Smith, and the only knock that anybody has had about the kid is his size. And he has never, he has not been injured. He's not an injury guy. He's played in the SEC against the hardest competition in college football, and he is a dominant wide receiver. He came out his 2019 season, junior year, where he led the team with Jerry Judy, Henry Ruggs, Jalen Waddle. The kid is he is unreal, and he did it this year, uh, twenty or he did it last year, twenty twenty in Alabama with one hundred and seventeen receptions for eighteen hundred and fifty six yards, uh, averaging about sixteen. Scored twenty three friggin' touchdowns. Um, you know, I, I I marveled at Jamar Chase's season in two thousand nineteen, uh, which was unbelievable. Devonta Smith topped it in twenty twenty and and crushed it, uh, and he. Won the Heisman, obviously. So we get a Heisman Trophy winning wide receiver um, that's heading to Philadelphia. This is where the question lies, and that's why he wasn't a lock as wide receiver one. Jalen Hurts, 
Jalen Hurts is the question here. Jalen Hurts starting games for in 2020, uh, he had 17 or excuse me, 30 pass attempts, 44 pass attempts, 39 pass attempts, and then 20 pass attempts. How many, Berkey? You uh, this question will stick out in my head because the last one, the last few episodes ago, you said yeah, but how many touchdown passes is Jalen Hurts gonna throw? And that is a huge question. That's that is what in lies the problem with Devonta Smith that could be that could affect his upside. But this kid's floor is is so set in stone because he goes to a team that has how many evacuated targets, uh, Brad? Three hundred nine thousand. Um, it, it, it was it was three hundred six. Philly has too many actually. Yeah, the uh, but when you think about uh, it, yeah. Greg Ward got them a, a ton of them. Travis Fulgham got a ton of them. So you got to think one of those guys are coming off the field. Right. And not the vacated targets. I didn't mean to bring up the vacated targets because it was the Lions I was thinking about who have the, you know, <laughs> insane yeah. amounts. But yes. Um, no, the, you know, Philadelphia Eagles, they, he's going, he is automatically the alpha in that room. They've got an ancillary piece in um, our boy Jalen Rager who gets to actually play his role because that's the role he was meant to play. Uh, Devonta Smith is going to be a PPR monster. I'm looking 15 targets a game right off the rip because he is that good and he's that good off the line. I don't give a shit how, how small he is or what his BMI is for all y'all BMI fans out there. But loving the fact that I get him at 110 right now, the Heisman Trophy winner. Brit's rolling right now. <laughs> you you're, you're, you're not taking into – into consideration bmi the, uh, yeah brit's bmi was off the charts too <laughs> <laughs> i think you know that you're betting on an outlier right you are he's too small aka it took him too long to develop yeah the all those numbers are there those are very real percentages right there are there are outliers like there's a reason why you can't plug it into an equation and it works and if you're gonna bet on an outlier devonta smith fits the bill First wide receiver to win the Heisman since my guy out of the University of Michigan. I mean, it was like 29 years ago. It was 29 mm -hmm. years ago. This guy's fantastic. There are just a couple things I want to add on. I want to talk about Jalen Hurts. They say there's a connection there because they played together at Alabama in 2017. Jalen Hurts got benched 2017. So they didn't really. Right, yeah. And Devonta only played eight games. But Jalen Hurts did have C.D. Lamb in 2019 when he only had 340 passing attempts with through for 3,800 yards out there at Oklahoma and CD lamb at 13, 27 and 14 scores as pretty much the only option. I know it's college. I know it's Oklahoma, but yeah, man, the ceiling's there. The ceiling's there. So, so I, I got a quick question, right? We talk about he's late developing and all this other bullshit. What if he had come out <laughs> last year? He was the wide receiver one in Alabama last year, most targets, most yards. So would he have also been too late to develop at that point because he had a good junior season instead of a senior season? Yeah. That's yeah. ridiculous. That's ridiculous. I'm not arguing that it's, that it isn't just saying <laughs> that if you could bring in, if you bring in all those metrics, which are very, very real things that are very real tiebreakers, you have to just be aware that Devonta Smith is an outlier. He is. You're betting on an outlier. You're betting is on a Najee Harris an outlier because think, he comes like, out as a senior? No, because he's yes, a little old. bit, but he's huge and he's a running back and it's different. It's so different. he's an outlier on size is what you're talking. At size and age, yes. However, I, I'm not disagreeing. The age shit I can't handle, though, because Brad's point six. That thing sticks. He was the best last year and he came out and did it again I, this year. Like, yeah, it's, it's, I, I mean, I – 
his size is, it really is the only thing that people can talk bad about his game. And yet the guy's never been hurt. So obviously he's, he's not this toothpick that can just break anytime he's hit. It just, I, I don't know. I'm not buying it. I'm just not buying it. That's why he was my wide receiver one. That's he's the best guy. Yeah. You like bold takes, though. Javonta and Devonta, you like the uh, I like what I see uh, on tape. Okay. I do. That's fair. Oh, shit. Um, all right. Well, that leaves the 111 to Berkey. Uh, this is – what are, What are you doing here, man? I, oh, I'm it's interested. already smashed. I already know. I've, this has been my 10 <laughs> or 11 forever. Like, I tried to get the 10 spot or 11 spot just about every rookie draft I could uh, because it's Mr. McCorkle. It's Mr. McCorkle. It's Mr. 4,500 yards, you know, 40 something touchdowns, four picks. Uh, it's Mr. Multiple degrees, doing it early, graduated in his third year, came back to school. So he said, screw it. I'll just get a master's. Why would I only play college football? Uh, and now he goes to New England. For those who don't know, Mac Jones' name is McCorkle. He goes to New England. That's his actual name. It's his actual it name. He goes yeah. to New England where he's got to fend <laughs> off Cam Newton. I think Cam Newton is a good physical specimen. I think he's going to have a tough time just beating him out and winning the locker room. But if anybody's going to do it, it's a smart kid that's so enthusiastic and, he, and he's got such charisma and charm. Like him walking and getting his jersey while I was watching the NFL draft, I was like, watch that next to Zach Wilson and tell me who you would rather have because it's 100% Mac Jones. 100% Mac Jones, in my opinion. Like, it's not close. Is he oh, the next Tom man. Brady? There isn't a next Tom Brady. Is he the next Dan Marino? There isn't a next Tom Marino. But they, he sure shoots the first McCorkle, whose name I've ever known. And there's something to be said about that. <laughs> they said he had weapons out there in Alabama. Too many weapons. He's got Najee. Cool. Yeah, Najee's awesome. He helped make him awesome. Devonta Smith, we say he's an outlier. He's too small. Helped make him awesome. Jalen Waddle wasn't there all year. Can you name another wide receiver on that team? Crickets. So what kind of weapons is he going to have in New England? He's got two outstanding tight ends, I guess. He's got a bunch of journeyman wide receivers, and he's going to have a tough time winning the job. At Alabama, there's a kid, Bryce Young. For those who don't know, go Google Bryce Young because he was yeah. supposed to start yeah. last year. The guy he's like 12 years old. He's a sophomore <laughs> now, so he's going to be 19. He's going to be awesome. They might not lose a game next year because of Bryce Young. Like, that shit might happen. This guy's awesome. Yeah. It was his yeah. job, and Mr. McCorkle came in and just stripped him of it. And after day two of their camp, they were like, shit, it's not close. This guy's – it's his job. He won it. And to fall to 15, it's a steal for New England. I don't think he has a lot of options, which is why he is where he is. But at pick 11, to get a first-round quarterback, not named Mitchell Trubisky or Josh Rosen, I'm 100% on board with that at pick 11. Man, McCorkle coming out hot, hot takes over Zach Wilson. God, they're like 20 years apart in like in in mentality and physicality. Those two, they they're like Mac McCorkle looks like he could be a dad, and Zach Wilson could be his son. Like that that is, that fully is in the realm of possibilities. Yeah, McCorkle I'm, I'm, I'm his sure. ass because he's a little <laughs> shit too. Take that headband off, son. What the hell are you doing out there, son? <laughs> You're embarrassing me, boy. Uh, oh shit, uh, Brad, close us out, man. One twelve, McCorkle gone off the board. I know that screws with you a bit, but. No, I knew who I was going to go because I, 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 you know, I've I've talked to Bert, Eric enough to know where he was going to go there. And he didn't throw me a curveball, which was good because I'm terrible at baseball and could not hit a curveball. So 
I'm going to go with probably the spiciest pick of the round, most likely. I'm going to go Rashad Bateman, wide receiver for the Baltimore Ravens. So there was a lot of, you know, a lot of hype around Rashad Bateman. A lot of people loved him. You saw him ranked anywhere between two and three in the wide receiver rankings, depending on what fantasy analyst you, you listened to, what mock draft you looked at, so on and so forth. He goes to the Baltimore Ravens, and everybody is fading him super hard right now, super hard. So, so I really started, you know, and initially I did also. So I started to dig in a little bit. I said, okay, before I start to make rash decisions, just because I got a wide receiver that's going to Baltimore, let's dig in just a little bit, just a little bit. Where do we see Rashad Bateman? We see him inside the 20 20 yards from the line of scrimmage. That's where he's going to operate. Those short crossing routes, uh, slants, things of that nature. Things that are going to allow him to create separation with his route running and things that are going to allow him to create yards after the catch, which is where he excels, separating and run after the catch. Lamar Jackson was the best at that 10 to 20 range past past the sticks. He was well above the league average all across the field on the left left of the hash marks, right of the hash marks, in between the hash marks, well above the NFL league average per NFL next-gen stats. So, okay, well, that's good to see. Everybody talks about Lamar's inaccuracy. Well, we see he's really good in that area. Well, that's where Rashad Bateman's going to be operating. That's number one. Number two, okay, what kind of targets is he going to see? That's the other big one. It's not a high-volume passing offense. We don't see a lot a lot of opportunity there for him, right? Marquise Brown had 100 targets. I don't believe that is the norm. That is where Marquise Brown is going to be strong when he gets 100-plus targets. I don't think he needs that. That's not necessarily where I think they want to deploy him is where he's a high-target volume type of wide receiver. Willie Sneed and Miles Boykin, those are the next two outside of Mark Andrews. He's not losing his targets. That's 81 targets right there. I, Get Tillon Wallace. Where, don't forget Tillon Wallace. He got drafted. Yes. Yep. Yep. We're not talking about Tillon Wallace he's a, right now. All right. I, I'm, just, yeah. I'm just saying, don't, don't forget, don't forget go, his little Go take a look at my get. Twitter feed. Go take a look at my Twitter feed. <laughs> I did do a quick kind of breakdown of where I think the targets are going to land between Marquise Brown, uh, Rashad Bateman, Tylen Wallace, uh, and, and some of the other ancillary wide receivers that they've got go, uh, you know, that are still going to be on the team come next year. But 81 targets between Boykin and Willie Sneed, I think, the major, a large majority of those, if not all of them, are going to Rashad Bateman. Uh, and 80 targets is enough for a rookie wide receiver to show you what he can do. And then as that offense progresses and as that offense modifies over the years, when as Lamar Jackson has to start to rely a little bit more on his arm, a little less on his legs, that's going to be prime to grow with Rashad Bateman. Not to mention that offense is going to score points. And between Mark Andrews 
and Rashad Bateman. Those are their two receiving options. Now, I think a lot of those are going to turn into rushing touchdowns between Lamar and and uh, J.K. Dobbins, but the red zone targets now are going to be split between Mark Andrews and Rashad Bateman. So I'm not fading Rashad Bateman hard right now. Now, I'm not going to draft him over a Devonta Smith or Jamar Chase right now, but I do think that he still can be a serviceable wide receiver too for you uh, for years to come with some wide receiver upside uh, in the future. Yeah, he's, he's I, uh, close, closer to Smith for me than you guys by a, by a wide margin. Uh, you did mention that they score points, man. So, like, look, he might not get all the yards between the 20s. They're in the red zone all the freaking time. Hollywood had eight touchdowns of back-to-back seasons. We saw him put up, I think he was wide receiver 11 from weeks 12 on because he scored in almost every single week with those quick slants. You put Bateman on that squad, whatever. Landing spot's not great. Let's just talk. My comp form is Allen Robinson. Allen Robinson hasn't had a single quarterback and he hasn't been on a good offense ever. And he gets 150 targets. So if you put him on a good offense and you drop those targets by a third, you put him 100 targets, but they're actually scoring points, I think you have the same kind of potential. Uh, he might not ever be wide receiver one. He might just be nine to 15 or, or eight to 12 every single season going forward and we say that wins you championships show. baby that wins yeah, you championships. it wins you ships and we say a lot on this show that that talent does not change the situation does and we all think uh, we all the the consensus is that lamar jackson can't make it as a quarterback because he can't pass he's too reliant on his legs only takes one hit right well let's just pretend that he gets that one hit he's no longer the quarterback whoever comes in is going to feed the shit even if it's Nick Foles, Rashad Bateman, it suddenly skyrockets up. So at a discount, discounted price, dude, he might be the steal of the draft. I don't think it's Devontae. I don't think it's Devontae. I don't think it's either one of your aunties. But I do like Rashad <laughs> Bateman. I hate the landing spot, but he allows you to get him. I got him at 201 multiple times. And I probably could have got him a little later. I was just like, I'm not getting cute. I want my yeah. guy. When you, when you can get a guy like that, um, I love that point, Berkey. That's, that's something that nobody thinks about. When Lamar Jackson does go down and they have a throwing, passing quarterback, Sean Bateman's going to be his target, man. Are you kidding me? Um, and, and I love that comp to Allen Robinson. The, the, the kid just catches balls. He catches balls. If you put it up near him, he's going to he's gonna fight and get it. But um, I love it. Great first round. Uh, ending off with Rashad Bateman as a little bit of Skittles at the end at the 112. But um, – uh, awesome first round. Uh, we'll be coming back with uh, second round shortly. But the uh, you know guys, make sure you were checking out uh, the website www.fffair.com. Uh, look for the staff uh, superflex tight end premium article coming out that breaks down the entire draft um, and picks and interesting reactions and whatnot. Um, make sure to check us out on Twitter. Uh, my handle as always is Brian GM uh, FF Affair. Uh, Berkey at Eric Burkholder six and Bradley at FF Bourbon dude. Um, shout out time boys. What's going on in the hood? What do we got to talk about with our family? With the family? Oh the family. man. Talk about a curveball. I'm <laughs> yeah. My kids are great. They're growing like a weed, but they're being little shits. I didn't never had the terrible twos with my, with my oldest, but now that there's two of them, man, they just tag team like a mother. One's sad. The other one just decides to be sad. It's driving me up a wall. That being said, <laughs> I see other parents with their children and I'm like, I just need to count my blessings and shut up because they, <laughs> they eat at dinner time. They use napkins. They wash their hands. They brush their teeth. They use the bathroom. 
they wipe their own ass. I mean, like, you know, like all the yeah. little things they take advantage of because the room's dirty. I'm like, I didn't fuck clean my room either. Uh, <laughs> but Jesus, you know, so life's good over here. Life's great over good, here, man. actually. Life is great over here. Glad to hear it, man. Glad to hear it. Brad, how those, how those little shits you got? Good, man. I got birthdays coming up. My daughter's birthday's this weekend. We got a ton of, <clears throat> excuse me, a ton of family coming in town. Not happy about that. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Uh, and hey, you then, just dug some, you just dug some fresh shit graves so you can throw uh, some heads in there. Yeah, and... exactly. <laughs> I'll warn them ahead of time. I do have shit buried in my yard. I will dig it up if I need to. <laughs> um, but no, and then about three weeks later, it's my son's birthday. He turns five. So uh, we got a lot of planning going on right now between superhero the superhero theme and, or what? Uh, it, well, it was last year. So Spider-Man came to his birthday last year. Oh. Uh, luckily for me, I looked okay I, in a Spider-Man. Yes, I promised you Spider-Man was there. Just ask him. Uh, and then, uh, but his interests have changed to dinosaurs now. That's his, he is a, he's a self-proclaimed dino expert now. Ah. Uh, so most likely it'll be dinosaur themed, but uh, we're looking forward to it. It's going to be a good time. Kids' birthdays are always uh, highlights of my year, so. I love to hear it. Um, and you know, I got my child here to the islands. Uh, my, my fur child, our, uh, our 90 pound German shepherd made it to the island. So he's officially an island puppy. So the family is complete, but I love to hear it. Love to catch up a little bit with the family talk. Um, and our fantasy affairs, thank you so much for listening and uh, we'll catch you next time. Yeah, boys. Yeah, dude. Later. Cheers. Right. Cheers.